Oh, motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree gonna begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, they get the taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. Now, fuck him. Fuck this. Because I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. That goes for you and any other you motherfucking farmers wanna try some shit. You fuck around with me, it's gonna be consequences and repercussions. What's good? What's good? Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. A uh, special shout out to all of our Facebook Live, Twitter Live, and YouTube Live viewers out there. Uh, y'all can check us out there right now. Just go to our platforms over there. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on social media on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, I'm your boy Trey Frazier, and I got my brother back. Uh, the homie, yours truly, Maestro Styles, is back in the yes, building sir. after a week off. Uh, yes, my sir. brother was good. What's what's popping, man? Missed you last man. week. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's, it's been a little crazy on my side. It still is crazy. I tell you about it offline, but it still yeah. is crazy. But uh, you know, I'm here. I'm here. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I, you know, I was looking forward to uh, recapping the finals last week, man. Yeah. Um, you, you, you was dead on, bro. I mean, you, <laughs> I, I gotta, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I gotta give the credit where it's due, man. You, you, you called it in six, bro. You, you called it in six, man. Yeah, man. Um, you know, you know, I, I, I'll say briefly. I'll say briefly. Uh, Jason, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, they'll, they'll be back. But uh, it, you know, just ain't just ain't that time yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I had him in seven. I thought Tatum would explode in Game Six, and you know, it it, it didn't work out, man. I mean, we were we. It's it's crazy. We were on a what a four way five way call while the like beginning of the game was going on, mm-hmm. and you know, it went from. Boston being up 10 to Golden State being up by 10 somewhere around there. And I mean, they just kind of took off from that point on. I mean, the Celtics tried to make it a game at the end of the third. I think they cut it to like eight, but you know, it it was just too much. uh, I mean, I'll say this in that particular game. I think Wiggins had a really good game, Um, you know, along with Draymond Green, you know, finally stepping up in the series and, um, you know, and, and what can you say about Steph, man? Um, that's the that's the dude right now. I mean, yeah. we, 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 we got to talk about Steph. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Steph is the man. Um, and for all those wondering, he's in my top 10 of all time. Now, he's 10. I think, well, I, but I think he got to be around 10. I don't know if I could, but I don't know if it's 
more than nine people better than Steph Curry all time right now. All time. Well, greatest shooter ever for certain, yeah. right? Yeah, for certain. H- hands down. Um, I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm I'm not. And, and quite frankly, I haven't even thought about who's my top 10 all time. I haven't really like jotted, jotted down a list yet. I haven't really, you know, put it to mind that. yet. But, you know, I, I've, I, I'll, I'll say this. I've heard a lot of Larry Bird being taken out of the top 10 and Steph being put in, in people's top 10s. I've heard okay. that quite a lot. I've heard that too. Um, I mean, look, man, I, I'll say this. I haven't compiled the list, but I but I am going to say without having compiled the list, four yeah. championships and the best shooter that we've ever seen um, revolutionized the game. I, he's in my top 10, bro. I Like, you know, he, he just did. For two me. MVPs, two league MVPs. Two MVPs. He's in my top Finals 10. Finals MVP. Me. Um, yeah. He's got the hardware. I mean, I mean, you compare it to anybody else out there, you know, like the Kobe's, the Duncan's. And I'm just talking about hardware. I'm talking about yeah. rings, MVPs, finals MVPs. You can stack Steph with a lot of those cats that we talk yep. about. That's, you know, that's top 10, you know, LeBron, yep. MJ, um, Kareem, Bill Russell. You can talk. You can put Steph yeah in that kind of conversation when it comes to the hardware. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I think this is going to be a dope show today, man. Um, we, we got a special guest coming on in a couple of minutes. Uh, his brother goes by the name of Damian Adams. He's got a couple of podcasts that he's working on right now. Um, New Orleans native, uh, likes to talk sports, uh, Saints fan, Pelicans fan, and all that good stuff. So um, in about a minute, he's going to come on and, uh, you know, chop it up with us, talk about the platforms that he's got going on and a few other things. So, um, yeah. you know, so, you know, he'll be on While in a minute. While we waiting for him, let me just say uh, free Brittany Griner. Um, yes, sir. We, we we still on that. We still on that energy. I saw some. I saw like some recent news. I haven't got to read, read the recent news, but there was some recent news that came out yesterday about it. Did you get to look at yes. it? Yes. Yes. Um, she has a court date or a court hearing on July first, which is this Friday coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, possible ten year con- um, sentence if found guilty of what they're trying to charge her with, which I'm kind of confused because I thought weeks, months ago, they admitted that they were in the wrong, that they made a mistake. Yeah. So I'm just confused now. So y'all rescinding the mistake now, and now y'all possibly looking to charge her? Like something about it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, um, I don't pretend to have all the details. Uh, I should probably be responsible and read up on it, and I put it on my to-do list. Um, I, I would definitely put it on my to-do list because this mm-hmm. is going on a little too far for me to not be educated about it. Yeah. But uh, one way or the other, we still screaming free Britney Griner till she free. Yeah, hashtag free Britney Griner, no question about it. Um, yeah. Um, What's the girl name that just got hired by ESPN? Oh, Angela Rye. Shout out uh, Angela Rye. Um, she did a piece with Brittany Griner's wife uh, a few weeks ago talking about her interactions with Brittany while, you know, she's, you know, still over in Russia 
you know, on lockdown and everything, I, I thought the interview was, you know, kind of compelling, kind of interesting. Um, you know, don't remember much else about it per se, except Angela Rye was, you know, doing the interview with her and she talked about just some of her interactions while she's been locked up. So, um, you know, prayers to her too, you know, prayers to yeah, Brittany Griner's sure. wife and, yeah. you know, to Brittany Griner's family as, you know, they, they just want to see their girl come home, you know, yeah. everybody want to see her come home. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, gotta be tough. I mean, yeah, certainly, obviously tough on Brittany Griner, but yeah, for sure, for sure tough on the family as well. So yeah, I, I agree. Thoughts and prayers. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, let me get into the Facebook live chat here real quick. Uh, shout out Mocha Bella. Uh, hashtag Brittany Griner all day long. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. Uh, Ivan Mott, welcome to the Facebook live chat. Appreciate you tuning in. What's happening? Um, What's happening? No doubt, no doubt, man. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to get into some of this NBA stuff here. And uh, looks like we got our boy coming in uh, just in a few seconds here. Uh, certainly, certainly want to talk about the Pelicans and their, you know, in their playoff run just a, you know, a few months ago. Uh, we got, uh, we got the homie right here right now. Uh, want to get you a proper introduction, my man. Uh, this is the homie Damian Adams, uh, host of the Real Deal with Damian Adams podcast. Uh, he's also co-host of another podcast called the Third and Three podcast. You can check those platforms out on all your streaming platforms and uh my brother welcome man uh thanks for joining us for a few minutes man how you been i've been good man thank you so much for having me on truly looking forward to it and i see that you guys are already you know midway through trying to get into it so i just want to join a good conversation absolutely absolutely yeah, I was just saying, man, I definitely see your grind on Instagram. So salute, salute to, you know, from a fellow podcaster to another. Um, I definitely see your grind um, and, and we salute that. So, you know, with that being said, we could definitely get into some sports talk. But first, first, let's, um, you know, your journey. I, I want to get into that a little bit. You know, how you got into sports podcasting? How did you, you know, get started and you know all the people that you've run across with you know tell us about the journey well as most sports fans I had sports dreams growing up right we all want to be either a football player basketball player baseball and my sport was basketball right I was a hooper still a hooper to this day I'm still Mm -hmm. I'm I'm okay you know I can get you 20 points in the rec league game but when it comes to that higher level that Kevin Durant LeBron James that level I realized I wasn't there in high school. So for me, it was like, how can I stay connected to sports in some type of way? And at first I was like, man, maybe I should be a sports fan. You know, everybody who's in this business looked up to Stuart Scott. So mm-hmm. I would practice mm-hmm. my catchphrases and doing highlights. My mom still has video of me practicing as if I was a sports center anchor. Like I had a little Nokia phone at the time and my ringer was the sports center theme song. Yeah. So I would play it. And I would act like I was doing highlights. Uh, and at that time, we had the New Orleans Hornets before they was the Pelicans. And I would practice doing Chris Paul highlights and act like I was doing that. And that's what I wanted to go to school for. Now, when I first went to school, I partied a little too much, uh, did a little too much non-school when I was in school. Uh, so It happens, man. It happens, bro. <laughs> it definitely happens. When, you, when you're that age, 
you know, you your priorities aren't straight usually. And mine definitely weren't at 18. Uh, so after my first semester, I tried to walk on and play ball and that didn't work out. And so I ended up joining the military, going to the Navy. And while I was in the Navy is when I actually got to go back into school. Uh, one of the reasons I joined is that they were going to pay for my education. So I got to go back to school and go to school for journalism and get more experience in it. And once I got out, I wanted to find a path back into it. And that's when I found podcasting. I remember being at work one day, uh, listening to the His and Hers podcast with Michael Smith and Jamel Hill and, and thinking like, I can do this. I might not be able to do it on their level. Of course, they're you know two of the best to do it. But I was thinking, I can do this. Now, at the time, literally at work, I was emailing a friend. We we're going back and forth, arguing about sports all day, right? Not doing our job, just <laughs> going back and forth, arguing about sports. And I was like, we should start a podcast. We should do this. Uh, so we started one that was called Talking Junk Sports uh, that we started. And eventually, I saw that this was my passion. He liked talking sports. He didn't like the other side of it. You mentioned the grind right. on Instagram, uh, the grind of finding guests, the grind of trying to get people to hear you out and listen to you and mm -hmm. respect what you have to say, even though you're not on a big platform like an ESPN or Fox Sports or whoever the big platforms are that you and most people watch when they're looking for their sports content. So for me, I embraced that grind, continue to go forward with it. And eventually that's when I started on social media with it. And now it's led to this just passion that I'm doing full time now where I'm sports writing and covering sports. And I've been lucky enough to cover the NBA right now. I'm covering the WNBA. I'm covering the Phoenix Mercury. Went to the game right. you know, last night. That's what's up. I appreciate it. And I've been able to really turn this into something that I truly love. And, you know, mention some of the people along the way, like when you're in this game or in this field, it's going to be down points for sure, where mm -hmm. you're just like, is, is it worth it? Is all this grind worth it? You know, you're not, maybe you're not getting the numbers that you want. And that's one thing I always tell people, don't get attached to the numbers, get attached to the content. Mm -hmm. right. Be attached to what you're actually doing. Those numbers or the right results will come eventually, but don't get attached to it. Like the story I always tell people, I remember when, because um, I'm a big boxing guy as well. And I did a YouTube video after Adrian Broner lost to Manny Pacquiao. Feel went crazy, and I thought mm -hmm. this is it. Like this is yeah, right. <laughs> this is my <laughs> right. moment. I'm right. quitting my day job. This is it. I'm about to take off, and it didn't go off like that. Like after that video, yeah. everything else kind of kind of plateaued. Yeah. So you have to be attached to the content and not the numbers if you truly want to do this for a living. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we had our, I think we had our little moment like that recently too. Uh, where we was getting a lot of love and. You know, we was kind of texting each other back and forth, like, "Yo, we going crazy right now." And next week, it went right back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Slap, slap you right back to reality. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah, that's a right. fact. That's a fact. So you covering the Phoenix Mercury? Um, uh, tell me about your uh, about. Uh, I guess the you you're obviously you're aware of the whole Brittany Griner situation. Tell me about uh, tell me about that. What's what's the energy like over there? How you feeling about the situation? Yeah, it's a definitely a weird situation to be covering a team when there's this big elephant in the room. Like, you know, this team would be much better if their best player was here. Okay. And that's something that you can't really avoid. You try to just go about it and talk about that particular game or this particular, you know, series or whatever's going on at the time. But it's you just can't avoid it. It's always right there. If they lose a game like, dang, if Brittany was here, 
maybe they win that game. Maybe they get that block. Maybe Brittany hits that game winning shot that they need because she is the best player. And it's also just from a, you know, a human standpoint, I've gotten to know her a little bit. She's really cool. She's really down to earth chick. And like the fact that she's not here, it's just, you definitely can tell it weighed on a team and there's maybe there's a weight being lifted just as them had using basketball as an escape, but there definitely is that just shadow over the team of dang, our best player isn't here. Our sister isn't here. And you can tell that it definitely weighed on them at the beginning of the year, but now they're starting to find a little bit of a groove with this new lineup that they're using. They're going a little bit more small ball, more, more pace and space. And yeah. maybe they're using that as a way to escape that situation and they're starting to play well on the court and more aggressive on the court. Maybe that's yeah. a little bit of the anger from the situation I think you can find on the court in their defense a little bit lately. So it's definitely something that's there at all times, but the players are trying their best to play through it. Yeah. yeah. Now, I want to go a little bit of TMZ for a little bit here because um, a few weeks ago there was a video that surfaced with Skylar Diggins being upset about something during a, you know, middle of a game. I don't know what quarter it was, but the video resulted in her and Diana Taurasi sort of kind of in each other's face. Um, what, what was that spat all about? So that was, I was, before I was covering the team full time this year, um, from what I heard, it was just your normal basketball spat. Now that could be also something where they felt that it was the beginning of the season too. So they probably yeah. felt that weight even more at that time of Brittany not being there, but it was just your normal, somebody missed the rotation. This player disagreed with this player. We see it all the time when yeah. you have, you know, two players go at it, but they love each other. You can tell just from being around it, like they truly do love each other. They play for each other. When Skylar first got here, uh, I remember asking her about what she was most excited about. And it was like, I'm playing with Deion Sarasi. I'm playing with the GOAT. Like, this is what I'm most excited about. I can't wait. We've already been working out. Like, they have a good relationship. And that's probably why they go at each other like they do. They Mm -hmm. have the ability to do that, hold each other accountable, and then go back to just playing ball and being friends afterwards. Okay. All right. That's what's up. I'm I'm going to throw you an audible, uh, Damien, since, uh, you know, we're finding out that you cover the lead, you cover the team and, you know, somewhat the WNBA as a whole. Um, we had this conversation a few weeks ago about who was the Mount Rushmore of the WNBA all time. Um, do you have a top four? Oh, Mount Rushmore. See, that's the thing with Mount Rushmore is do you go by just the four best? Or do you go by four most impactful? Like, so with, it just depends on what you're looking at. For me, I definitely got to put Lisa Leslie up there first. Yeah. You look at what she was able to do during her time in the league. Uh, those Houston Comets teams, you could take like anybody from those teams, those, those first few years. Yep. They dominated so much. Um, so I would take Cheryl Swoops from those teams. So I'll go Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops. Mm-hmm. Go down to Rossi. I do think she's the GOAT of yep. the WNBA for sure. And if I'm going to go one more person, I'm going to go Candace Parker. Because I think okay. overall, overall talent, she might be the best of all time. But down to Rossi with her longevity in the league and now the fact that she's still playing at a pretty much, at a pretty high level. She has her on and off nights now at this stage of her career where it, it can be inconsistent. But for the most part, she's still the GOAT. So I'll go Lisa Leslie, Shell Swoops, Don Tarasi, and Candace Parker in my Mount Rushmore. Okay. 
Right. Yeah, I like that. Out. Yeah, but I like yeah, I like that it ain't taking long to figure it out. It means you you really do this. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I actually have two of your four on my list. So I got Tarasi and Lisa Leslie. My other two was Maya Moore and um Cynthia Cooper. Okay, yeah, I'm not mad. See, Cynthia Cooper right there with Cheryl Sue. I was trying to decide between those two. Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. one of that that spot. So yeah, I'm definitely not mad at that. And Maya Moore, Maya Moore is complicated because she was on a path to be one of the greatest ever, and she still is. Ever. Like with the, what she yep. accomplished, but the fact that she just stopped at that age makes it complicated, right? It's like right now, prime. She just nah, I agree. stopped. Yeah, yeah it's I like agree. how do you mm-hmm. for all time? Even though she was so dominant. For what she did, especially even pre WNBA, what she did in college, her resume is just nuts. I just wish she would have continued to play, but of course, you got to do what's best for you. But from a selfish basketball fan standpoint, I wish yeah. she would continue to play just to see how much she could have done in the WNBA. I agree with that, but when you when you could free an innocent black man from prison oh, sure. and just kind of walk away, you know, from the game, like you, I mean, you you the goat just for that. But I sure. just I just think about. When you think about dynasties in the WNBA, we know the Comets are probably the top one because they won four straight to start off the league. And then when you look elsewhere in regards to like dynasties, the Lynx won four out of seven. I mean, granted, they didn't go back to back, but they got four out of seven, all with her being the best player on those teams. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, oh, you 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 got to put Maya Moore right there. But, you know. To each his own. Everybody's, you know, got their own four. And I'm not even mad about Cheryl Swoops, Candace Parker, and, you know, some of the others who people might feel like belong in that four. No, I definitely I can't argue against it. There's so many great players throughout the history. So, yeah, yeah, we think about Maya Moore. She definitely deserves a spot in that conversation. You got Elena Della Don, uh, Brianna Stewart. Like, there's so many players that you can put in that conversation. It's going to just continue to get you know, even more and more as the league grows and gets better and gets more popular throughout the years. So I just can't wait to see it. No doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, got, you got something else, Maestro? Nah, man, we keep going. We keep it moving. We keep it going. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's get into NBA, man. Um, but before I get to your team though, cause we, we, we got to talk about some stuff. Um, you know, some guys are opting into contracts opting out um i think the i think the biggest move today was john wall and the rockets parting ways you know with the buyout of the contract and now um he's potentially going to sign with the clippers um come thursday when free agency opens up um your your thoughts on that move my first thought was why did it take the rockets this long why not buy him out last year like mm-hmm. well you just a whole year this man's career gone because you were trying to get something that wasn't there like there was no no buzz about somebody trying to trade for his contract at that time so why not buy him out and just get rid of that situation why have that over your team the whole year with all these young players the whole thing about John Wall is he going to come back is he not we're just going to leave him over there and pay him 40 plus million dollars I'm not mad at him 40 plus mm-hmm. million dollars to <laughs> 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 so just chill over there. That didn't make sense from the, you know, the organizational standpoint uh, from Houston. But I love the move for the Clippers. I think having a point guard who can score and facilitate the way John Wall can. And I think because of the last few years, people have forgotten how good 
John right. Wall was. Right. Now, I don't expect him to be 2017, 2018 John Wall pre, you know, the Achilles and ACL injury, but he still got some juice in that tank. He showed that the year before last when he did play a little yeah. bit in Houston. He still has some juice in that tank, and he's going to be the third option. So as the third option on that team, I think it's a perfect move, low risk, high reward. Yep. I think the Clippers mm. definitely did the right thing picking him up. The only question is for Houston, why wait? Why did you wait this long to do it? Man, um, I, I, I mean, I wish, I wish he could have went back to the Wizards, but I know how that don't really make sense as far as the Wizards is a collapsing, uh, a collapse. They got a lot of work to do right now, and it seems like all they seem to be doing is getting rid of assets outside of the asset that they should have got rid of a long time ago and got some value for. Um, so it makes sense for John Wall to go ahead and go to the Clippers, and and quite honestly. Uh, with him at point guard, if Kawhi is healthy with uh, PG, uh, they look good in the West, man. I mean, I'm not going to go mm. as far as to make no predictions, but they look real good in the West with uh, with him at point guard. And honestly, that's probably the thing that they was lacking uh, last year. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's that's a great move for uh, for the Clippers if um, if emphatically they do that on Thursday, which they probably are like every, like all the rumors suggest. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Um, I guess uh, the other one to talk about is uh, Kyrie opting in, and I'm a I'm a kind of add some um, some uh, some messiness to the conversation <laughs> with uh, Stephen A's back and forth, man. So I just want to know your thoughts about that. Um, a about him opting in, and B about um, I I want to know your opinion on Stephen A versus Kyrie Irving. What is this? Okay, so yeah, first on him opting in, I think that was the best option for him. He probably explored the market and saw that teams are worried about the lack of reliability that they perceive from Kyrie Irving. So their teams weren't lined up to give him four or five-year contracts, right? Now, with the Stephen A part of it, Stephen A has some points when it comes to Kyrie Irving, right? Now, the way he delivers, that is correct. No, but that's also how Stephen A came Stephen A by delivering his points in the way that he delivers them, right? Yeah. So for me, I see why Stephen A has his reservations about Kyrie because Kyrie, Kyrie does do some things that can rub you the wrong way, especially sometimes when he had, goes on his little rants where he tries to put himself above others by acting like he's so just conscious. He's just so like above the normalcy of what most people are thinking about and which he can be, he might be that, but there's mm-hmm. a way to deliver that message without putting yourself above everybody else. And then Kyrie does that sometimes, especially when he's like, Oh, these peons in the media. Yeah. And it's like, and for me, I, it's still hard for me to consider myself part of the media. So I didn't take it personally when he said that. I was sure. like, oh man, he talked about the fool's crazy. And I didn't, I didn't think about, Oh yeah. my, that's me. Yeah. But <laughs> But it's something that when he says those type of things, I can see why media members are like, really? And then yeah. he's, you know, he's doesn't help when he says things like, oh, you know, I was saying that the earth is flat as a joke when he's something that people are going to be like, really? That's what you think? You think the earth is flat or just, you know, him having a sage in the arena, he getting rid of the bad energy. He does things that's going to rub people the wrong way. So okay. yeah. with that Stephen A versus Kyrie thing, there's parts that I did agree with Stephen A on as far as Kyrie not wanting to play at times. Like we can't forget this year was different. The vaccine situation 
I thought mm-hmm. the whole rule in New York was whack. The fact that away yeah. players who were non-vaccinated could play and he couldn't yeah. was crazy. It was stupid. Yeah. It was a stupid it, rule. I wasn't, yeah, yeah it's, it's a stupid rule. If it was a rule for everybody, then cool. But the fact that visiting players could play and he couldn't was crazy. So I wasn't mad at Kyrie for not getting a shot because mm-hmm. that's his personal choice. Whatever he wants to do, it was a dumb rule on New York's part. Now, the part where I agree with Stephen A on is Kyrie at times is not reliable. There was a time the year before last where he took off two weeks for personal reasons. And then it turns out his birthday was around that time. There was a video of him at the party where we jammed it up during this yeah. personal time. Yeah. That's not a yeah. good look, Kyrie. So yeah. Yeah. Those, those moments are where I can agree with Stephen A. So I do think that Stephen A has a point, but the way he puts his point across sometimes just comes across way too rough and way too like, as black men, we're like, dang, you come to another black man like that in yeah. front of everybody when maybe he could have that conversation with Kyrie in private. So I think that there's points on both sides. I see where Steve May is coming from as far as not relying on Kyrie in a big way. Yeah, I think for me, um, and I agree with you, I agree with you in this, I, and that Stephen A has points and Kyrie has points. I think the issue for me is it seemed like he makes a concerted effort to kind of go above and beyond to slander whatever how or I won't even say slander to push his point towards Kyrie. I feel like I, I me and Trey talked about this a little while ago when I guess when he, I guess when uh, Stephen had his first little lash out and it was just like, bro, why are you why are you so upset about this? And I, I, I some of it is performing. I get I get that yeah. some of his performance, that's what he does. But I don't know, it seemed, it, it seemed like this is something that he was trying to conjure up for TV looks, for, you know, for like, um, and, and there, part of that is cool, but part of it, I, I don't know. I think, I think he may have crossed the threshold of entertaining TV to where it seems like, and I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't know Stephen A or Kyrie, um, but it seemed like for me, he crossed the threshold where it's like now, like, is it personal at this point? Like, what, what is it? Uh, because now, like, even with the recent video, he just came out and now they're going back and forth on social media. It's like, hey, hey, bro, like, I mean, address it. But the way you addressing it, it's like, I don't like, I think for me, and I, and I, I hate that I'm going on this rant, but I got to do it. For me, I don't like the idea that media, and, and, and I include myself, I think we all have to include ourselves even though on a lower yeah. scale, but um, if some of these players heard some of the things that they say, that we say about them, they might have issue with it. So I make it clear that even on this small platform, that if I got something to say about you, it's something that I would say to your face. So yeah. whatever come mm-hmm. with that, come with that, and I'm down to do whatever come with that. But I think that once you get on them bright lights, sometimes some of these players get to talking too reckless. I mean, some of these media people started talking too reckless. Like Kyrie ain't like Kyrie ain't willing to risk his career because you talking crazy to me or skipping Russell Westbrook is another recent uh, recent example of that. Like. Yeah. You really got to watch what you're trying to say unless you really stand on those words and is ready to go throw hands about them. And, you know, like, Will Smith did smack Chris Rock. Like, let's not act like this can't get somewhere once one player or one person is offended. Yeah, or a a better example, uh, Maestro, I don't know if you remember years ago, um, 
I forget the cat's name, but um, the dude Jim Rome, you know, before he kind of became Chris Everett. Yeah, Chris Everett and Jim Rome, you know, got into it on live TV. Like he put hands on Jim Rome, you know, in front of everybody. So, yeah, it it could definitely happen. My my thing with the whole, you know, Stephen A. Kyrie thing is, is that and and Maestro, you and I kind of talked about this, you know, when that whole thing was starting to blossom. Right. So, you know, who was the favorite? you know, before the season started last year. It was the Brooklyn Nets. It was the Los Angeles Lakers. And that seemed to be like everybody's cash cow, whether it was ESPN, ABC, the networks, media platforms, whoever. That seemed to be like everybody, yo, like these two teams, they got to meet in the finals. And Kyrie missing games, you know, affects that, you know, keeps that from happening because, you know, as we all know, the Nets ended up, you know, being the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. And like we all, you know, unexpectedly saw them getting bounced out. I mean, them getting swept. <laughs> Let me not say bounced out, but they, they got swept, you know, in the first round. You know, the only team to get swept in these playoffs. So, I, I think with, from Stephen A's standpoint, yeah, Maestro, I kind of agree. You know, it is playing for the camera, you know, because of the audience that he has. But at the same time, these people know Nets and Lakers in the finals. That was supposed that was supposed to be like the 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 money finals. You know, if you get what I'm saying. No, for sure. And the reason that that part of it is where Stephen A has a good point, right? Because you know that James Harden and KD were trying to get a ring, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And part of the reason that James Harden wanted out, we know now is that the whole Kyrie situation. Mm-hmm. So that's something where you can point to Kyrie and be like, bro, what's going on? We trying to win. Everybody else here that took the shot, you didn't, right? And again, like I said, I'm not mad at Kyrie for the stance he took. Now, I don't understand it at times. Like the reasons he gave at times didn't make sense. Because other people didn't take the shot and they came out and they said, oh, I was allergic to this or uh, it was against my religion. With Kyrie, he was kind of trying to be like, oh, I'm doing this for the people. It's like, uh, the people, did the people ask you to do that though, Kyrie? Yeah. So it's yeah. something that I can see, I can see Stephen A's point on that. Did the people ask you to do that, Kyrie? Like, did you really need to take that stance? Did it make sense for you to do that? Or did you just hurt your team? And like mm-hmm. you mentioned, they were out in the first round, they were a seven seed because of all the time Kyrie missed. And James Harden is probably still there if Kyrie went ahead, took the shot, and played most of the season. And we're talking, we're having a whole different conversation if you have James Harden, Kyrie, and KD, and you have the Nets probably being a one or two seed instead of a seven seed. Things are completely different. So I can see why Stephen A would come at him on that standpoint. Do you think the Nets are going to trade him at this point i know there's been stories about well they could do a sign and trade with somebody so now that he's signed you know this one-year deal um there's belief that it's really not over yet but i'm of the belief that why would why would you walk away from kevin durant seth curry andre drummond joe harris when he comes back that's a good that's a top four seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, what, what do you think? You, you know think- what's funny? There's a, a all-NBA guy that we didn't even mention. Ben Simmons is on that team. Ben Simmons. <laughs> ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. I was saying it all through the playoffs. I was saying it all through the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
we totally forget about that guy being on the team. So you have Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. and KD, along with the guys that you mentioned. Of course, I would want to run that back because you're like, that's a top four team in the Eastern Conference. Yep. And that team, if they're playing with each other, they're playing well. Now, the big question mark is, is Steve Nash the guy to lead them? I think that's the mm. big question. Good point. Because with yeah. Steve Nash against Ime Yadoka in that first round series, he got clearly out coached. Yeah. Like yeah. it was, it was yeah. very, very clear. It was, it was bad, was man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, and you definitely could tell the difference once Boston moved on in the playoffs and they played against Milwaukee, they played against the Miami, didn't go to state. He was like, okay, you can see the coaching differences in those other teams and what they did against Boston compared to what Brooklyn did. So right. the question is, I don't think the question is the players. Is Steve Nash the right guy to lead these guys? But as far as that team they have with the all in names you mentioned, that's a championship quality roster. So they should run it back. And Kyrie wants to prove himself. Okay, come back this year. Give us 75 games, Kyrie. Give us the, you know, the 50, 40, 90 Kyrie that yeah, is all NBA. Yeah. Give us that guy right. for a year. Yeah. We'll be willing to pay you for that four-year contract. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, and look, um, I'm, I'm I'm with you as far as um, I don't have any issue with what he did as far as taking the vaccine as opposed to not taking the vaccine. Um, I, I think doing it for the people was a weird, <laughs> weird response. I, you know, I, I agree with <laughs> yeah. that. Um, I mean, honestly, I just interpreted it as, hey, man, I don't want to do it, and I ain't got to do it. And that's what I take it as. And, I mean, I don't know why he tried to make it some big righteous stance. I, I think I think he overcomplicated that for certain. But yeah. the point was is I ain't doing it, and I ain't got to do it. And, you know, so I, and I respected him for that. Now, did it affect the team? Yeah, sure. But, um, look, man, this team ain't looking out for you when you're not in their best interest. So why should I look out for my for that team when they're not in my best interest? So you know, it, you know, I had no I had no issues with I had no issues with that. I, I I concur with that. I just hope that he come back and and you know they spanked him for it. Clearly they spanked him for it. One year deal when he should when he's the caliber of a player that should be getting the big the, you know the long term deal. So they definitely spanked mm-hmm. him for it. Cool. Cool. I, I get that. Let's let's ball now. And I wouldn't worry about him missing games this year. I mean, if we're talking about vaccine mandates, like that's all gone now. Yeah, so until, it's until really it ain't though. Until well, it ain't though. Well, it's well, it's yeah. not outside right now. Yeah, you're right. You, you you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't I don't yeah. wanna, you know, just go I, off the deep end here. You're right. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right. That's, We're that's not over the thing I, that's, Yeah, that's another thing I thought about though, because it's it's cute now. It's, um, it's cute where they oh everything's okay and they're warmed up. But something like this was happened last year where they was kind of letting go, you know, cooling off on mandates and requirements. And then the second it started to get cold again, mm-hmm. oh now all of a sudden all these mandates and people picking back up and cases have uh you know gotten higher so and then come with the dumbass mandate so i mean truth yeah. truth be told um if we are to pay attention to history i would not be surprised at all if they put Kyrie right back in the same predicament and he got to make a decision mm-hmm. yeah and, I, and, and i tell you and now this becomes interesting yeah yeah you, you you make a good point about that and i don't know if i i don't know if i ever expressed this opinion to you maestro and damien you might you know get a kick out of this but i always tie to them them being you know the state of new york i always tie them lifting the mandate to the fact that the mets had something to say about it and the yankees had something to say about it and when you got those two teams in that city who are the 
like creme de la creme of the sports in that town say something about it, then yeah, you if you the state or the city, then yeah, you you got to lift the mandate. If those two teams say, hey, you, you we, we got a problem here because Aaron Judge got to play. You know what I'm saying? So right. that that's what I've always tied that decision to lift the mandate in New York to is those two teams. I, I don't think that's crazy at all. Like I was thinking that when it happened, I was like, I wonder how many players on the Yankees are vaccinated because mm-hmm. the Yankees, even if it was, even if it was the Knicks, I think if Kyrie was on the Knicks, I think things would have changed quicker than he was on the Nets. Nets are, you know, they're a stepchild, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was on the yeah. Knicks. I think things would have changed a little bit quicker if Madison Square Garden isn't getting filled up because now their best player or second best player isn't playing. Right, right. right. I right. think things would have changed quicker if it was the Knicks instead of the Nets. So I definitely agree with that, that kind of that theory on Mets Yankees, those players not being vaccinated, they got to play. Mm-hmm. I definitely can see that for sure. Yeah, I mean, and as a Knicks fan myself, man, I agree with you. They, If they would have said something to the you know city or the state, yeah, they would have they granted their wish. All so, right, man. Uh, let, 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 let's talk about some some pelican. Let's talk about some pelican talk, man. Let's talk some pelican talk. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say, man. So, look, man. I, I'll say this, man. From the outside looking in, y'all got a good nucleus, man. Uh, y'all got obviously you got pieces missing, and um, Brandon. I, I, I tell me about Brandon Ingram. Here's my thoughts on Brandon Ingram. I just, I just, I just lay it out there. Um. I like his I like his energy, but I'm worried about Julius Randle syndrome. Meaning, I'm wondering if this is just a a, a thing where he just kind of caught fire real quick, like something clicked, and then he gonna come in next year and forget any of that any of that happened. To that, you say what? Now he's definitely a very different player than Randle. Uh, with Julius Randle, you can see parts of his game, even during that good year with the Knicks, where you like, oh, man, it's, it's sustainable, right? With Brandon Ingram, what he thrives on is consistency, right? Getting to the mid-range, free throw line extended, rising up. The fact that he's 6'9", 6'10", and can rise up over pretty much anybody who's going to guard him, and then he can get to the hole, and then he can shoot the three, and now he's become a better passer. All those things have progressed over the years. It wasn't like a, just a one-year thing. Like, he was the most improved player a couple of years ago. So it's been a steady build of him getting better and better. Uh, and in the playoffs, he really showed where he can go, right? Julius Randle in the playoffs the year before last, we started to see like, yeah. oh, man, this, maybe yeah. this dude is it. Brandon Ingram yeah. against the Suns, he bought out against the Suns. He you did. Know, the Suns just were, better, just were the better team. But it definitely wasn't on him that we lost. So I think that he's going to continue to get better and better. The big question for me is with Zion coming back, do we give him the keys to be number one option? Or do we get those keys back to Zion being number one option? Because a lot of things people are forgetting about Zion. The year he was healthy, the man got 27 points a game on 61% yeah. shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you yeah. put him back? Do you put him at second option with Brandon Ingram at the first option? CJ McCollum's a veteran. He's not going to mind being the third option. He came there to be the third option, like when he when he first signed up with us or first signed on that trade to come to us. Yeah. So Brandon Ingram, I think, is going to continue to get better and better. I can see him blossom into a top 10 top 15 top guy he's that talented 
Okay. Um, I, I, I'll answer your question. Um, just based on, I say you roll your dice on uh, Brandon Ingram. I don't believe Zion Williamson. I, I hate to be that guy. I, I, I saw what he did. I saw what he yeah. did. Um, I don't believe his jumper though. I, I, I just don't. It, it just looks stupid to me. Uh, like I, I get that he was hitting it, like, it, but it, it just looks stupid to me. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me to unsee the amount of dunking he was doing at uh, Duke. It's you know, like I, I just don't believe him shooting yet. I just going. I'm. I just gotta see it more. I would say roll your dice with uh with um uh bi. Yeah. Let let my man let my man Zion do number two, and I and I agree with you with uh with uh McCullum. Just you know, hey man, throw it to me when you when you're struggling. I, I'm gonna pop the I'm gonna pop the shot. I'm gonna pop the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He good. He good there. Um, and then you got and then you got a oh damn. Well, I mean, who's your point guard now? I forgot Slim left. I forgot Slim with the Chicago. Who's your point guard now? So yeah, CJ playing point. So our lineup last really? year. Yeah, yeah. CJ I don't playing. think I even recognized it. Not that I've watched a lot of Pelican games, but you know, with, particularly in the playoffs, I, I didn't realize CJ was you know you know running point or kind of going back and forth with responsibilities and all that. Yeah, yeah. He was basically our de facto point guard once he came in. Interesting. So we had him. We had uh, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram. Uh, we started playing with two bigs. We had, of course, Jonas Valachunas at center. You know, big yeah. time dude, get you 20, 10 points or 20 yeah. and 10 rebounds, excuse me. And then uh, we also had Jackson Hayes, who's a center, but he was playing power forward. So we went with a kind of a different type of lineup. And that's when we really kind of took off the second half of the year. But once we got CJ McCollum, we went to that big lineup. But CJ could definitely play point. He just was playing with Dame for so many years yeah. that his, his job was to score once he got the ball. But yeah. he could handle point guard responsibilities for sure. And we did just draft a kid from Australia uh, in the draft. I... Don't know much about him. It's not like I'm watching G League yeah. games all the time. <laughs> but in the highlights yeah. from what I saw, I do like what I saw as far as him playing point guard and being a Lonzo-type point guard, getting the ball right. out, somebody facilitate the offense, being a good defender. He definitely has that same type of build as Alonzo. Uh, so I can see him getting time right away. And we have this kid, Kyra Lewis, on the roster as well towards ACL last year, who's a point guard. So they want, we're definitely going to have points that can come in and rotate, but CJ is going to be the main point guard next year for sure. And uh, Larry Nance came over in a trade too, along with um, CJ, right? Yeah, Larry Nance, very good bench player. I love Larry Nance. Comes in, good energy. He was really big in the playoff series against the Suns as well. Uh, he's somebody who can defend pretty much one through four or five, depending on if the five is that good. If it's, you know, if it's Joel Embiid or somebody, don't do them there. Right. But if it's a normal five in today's NBA, he can guard the five. And he's somebody who can also bring the ball to court. So he gets a rebound, he can push it and get you in transition. I like Larry Nance a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, just a minute, uh, Damien. So we, we have this Facebook live chat, you know, as we're, you know, we're doing this, this podcast, right? So uh, we, we we have a habitual shit talker in, <laughs> in, in in the chat room right now. He he goes we he, he goes by the name of Chief Rock of Jersey Vern. We you know we kind of go a little bit ways back, you know, in the podcasting game, whatever. Um, so just a couple comments from him. Uh, New Orleans ain't shit. They won't be back next year. And then also uh, he says uh, Randall's not shit either, given that. Just like me, he is a Knicks fan, and he he doesn't like Julius Randle. Um, I don't I don't like him as much either, but I'm not gonna go as far to say as he ain't shit. But just just wanted to let you know that 
that's that's how he feels about your team right now. <laughs> so what's I, I your love- so what's your what's your playoff projections then for the uh for uh, like are they a playoff team this year? You think? The oh, Pelicans? for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because you're gonna have some teams that take a step back. I can see Utah taking a huge step back next year, uh, depending on what they do in the off season. But I that team needs to get blown up. Like, there's no reason to continue this core of Gobert, Donovan yeah. Mitchell. I can see them blowing that up and taking a step back. I you saw what they did this um, earlier today. They yeah. um, they brought Fizdale in to be the assistant general manager. Yeah, I saw. Oh, I wow. like that move. I like that move a yeah. lot. Yeah, that's um, a great move. But as yep. far as their team. There's no reason to continue that core. They've reached their top. They've done everything they can do. So I can see them blowing that up or that team just imploding throughout the year. Like, I don't think, I think that team could be out the playoffs. I'd be like an eight seed, right? Yeah. So I can see us moving into the top four with the healthy Zion, Brandon Ingram taking another step, CJ McCollum, another year with Willie Green in that offense and that system. Mm-hmm. I can see this team being a top four team in the Western Conference next year. You stand on that? I'm top 10 four. Toes down. I'm 10 toes down. Top four. That's so you're saying I, I, so here's what you're saying you're saying golden state the clippers i think we got to put the clippers in that top four now with the john wall move okay. um memphis and I'm, I'm i'm forgetting the phoenix phoenix if you know they, they stay intact i think phoenix takes a I, it's funny i thought you was going to say phoenix next uh-huh. i i think phoenix takes a, a drop this next year i think they take a drop bro I that's I, possible I, I, yeah I think, I think, I mean, they already talking about shopping DeAndre Ayton, which is crazy to me, but cool. All right, they're talking about shopping DeAndre Ayton. And look, man, I don't, we talked about a trade. I don't know. We got Devin Booker, well, book. man. Like, we can't have him in this top 10 conversation of of recent, we can't have him in this conversation no more. I, I can't see me accepting him being in this conversation anymore after that game seven. I can't see it. Chris oh, Paul. he lost I mean, some points there. He he lost yeah, a lot I of points with me there. That con- I just cannot have him in this conversation right now anymore. Like if he do something crazy, but I could definitely see Phoenix taking a drop. Um, I, I won't go as far as to say they don't make the playoffs, but I certainly don't see mm-hmm. them in the top four. Um, and, and if I'm being even honest, I if I had to make a projection right now, I see like six, seven. Hmm, that's crazy. I can, I can see a drop for sure, especially if Aiden's not there. I think people are sleeping on how important he was to that team as yeah. far as somebody who can consistently mm-hmm. get you 20 points. He's he's not the best defender, but the fact that he was back there definitely helped their defense. He's not somebody who's going to just shut it down like a Joel Embiid or a Giannis, but having him back there definitely helped the defense as well. And people, there's some people out here, I live out in Phoenix, there's some people out here who think, oh, we just put JaVel McGee in that spot and it'll be fine. McGee's a good backup. McGee's a yeah. very good backup center. But you put him in that starting spot, you start asking for the production that yep. Aiden was giving you. Started, you're going to be yeah. very disappointed in JaVel McGee. <laughs> you're going to stay yeah. there. That's when mm. all the talent comes out. Mm. You're like, JaVel right. McGee. You're going to start hearing all that <laughs> because right. you're expecting too right. much of JaVel McGee. So, so Damien. Somebody who definitely needs to get paid for sure. So, Damien, you're in Phoenix. So, I'm sure you've heard rumors about Kevin Durant being traded to the Suns. Like, I saw... Uh, Tony Jefferson on Twitter a few days ago post a picture of Kevin Durant in the Phoenix Suns jersey and said that he was hearing some rumblings that this was a possibility. Um, have you heard those things while you're out there? Yeah, this talk 
you know, let's talk about the possibility and how dope it would be if Kevin Durant came out here. Mm-hmm. That definitely would be something that would be dope for the league to have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant on the same team. Uh, so I guess if they did that trade, it would have to be Aiton, probably yep. Mikhail Bridges, maybe some right. other picks, you know, maybe Cam Johnson's oh, going One of the cams, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah about to say. Uh, so it would, it would take a lot to get them. But that definitely will make them top four for sure. Like they get Kevin Durant, they yeah. right back in there. I have to slide my right. Pelicans back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right. you get you get Kevin Durant, it changes everything. So I don't know if that's a real possibility. If it's just talk, we also saw you know Damian Lillard put his exactly. little photograph out there on his in his mm-hmm. Instagram story trying to get a little recruiting. Exactly. That'd be fire too if you it went would. to Portland. That'd be fire. Yeah, it would. The thing is with with Portland, who do they have to give up? Exactly. Well, and then <laughs> yeah, and then and then. I mean, let's say in a perfect situation, obviously this can't happen because it would have to have them in the trade, but let's mm-hmm. say they kept everybody and KD went over there. Who's on that team? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Once you get past yeah, Damon KD, yeah. like, you know, I like Anthony Simons, but uh, he's not going to yeah. be a You know what they're giving up? They're giving picks up for Kevin Durant. That's the only assets that they would have because I don't see any of the other players – like even some of the players that um, you guys shipped off for CJ, like Josh Hart, um, then you know just to name one. I, I don't see that you know being a possibility yeah. if that were to yeah. you know come for real. Yeah, so I don't know how Portland would get him. I want Dane to have somebody like that. You've been waiting mm-hmm. for him to have that second guy with him yeah. to where he could be a true championship contender. I would love that for Dane, but it seems like Dane might have to get out of Portland for that to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, exactly. Chief Rock of Jersey Vernon, in the uh, Facebook live chat said that they also had KD in a Hawks jersey. Um, also, you kind of saw that was, floating oh, around yeah. social so this media is, yeah. too. So this is so this is a thing that like the J Cole, like the J Cole, this and the Drake meme. Like this is a thing right now, basically. This yeah. is yeah, a, this is a thing. No yeah. Imagining no KD. The only the only reason I put stock into the Phoenix thing was only because it came from. Uh, an athlete that may possibly have some inside information. Other than that, okay. if I just see some random dude posting, you know, KD in a Hawks jersey, like, nah, I'm, I'm not going to believe that one, you know, for one bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Now, the Hawks one, I guess it would have to be John Collins. They do have, they, the Hawks do have a lot of assets. I will give them that. They have a lot mm-hmm. of yeah. good players that they could put in a trade. You would put John Collins, probably uh, Red Velvet, Herder in there. Herder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Maybe Bogdanovich, maybe those three and some draft picks you'll put in there for him. Mm. But Trey Young and KD, that'll be interesting. But Trey Young is such a liability on defense. Is it enough for you to really win a championship? And he know. liked to hold the ball, man. He, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that, that is, that's not a bad thing. It's his game, but he, 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 he a ball. Now nah, I don't want to say ball yeah. hog, but I was going to say, he's not James Harden, like the hold yeah, the ball. He's not a ball but, hog, but yeah. his game, he got to have the ball in his hand. And he's not, yeah, he's not good off the ball. That's yeah, a big thing yeah, with him. Like when yeah. he's not on the ball, that part of his game is James Harden like. Like him and James right. Harden, they off the ball, yeah. they're standing there. They chilling. Right. They, this is their PTO. They off. Right. <laughs> like they're, right. Not, right. they're not thinking Facts. about doing anything. They, all, they don't have the ball in their hands. Right. Yeah. That team, that team, the Hawks, has been rumored with uh the Spurs to make a trade for Deontay Murray. I don't know if you saw that uh floating around too, but that's been kind of in heavy rotation. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know how that would work. You put Deontay Murray with Trey Young, like 
I, I don't know how that would work. I guess Deontay yeah. Murray would have to work off the ball I, in that situation. I'm about to say, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know him to be a, uh, uh, I don't know how good of a spot up shooter Murray is, but you best be yeah. ready. That's what you're about to be doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not his game. That's not his spot up <laughs> yeah. threes. Is not Javante, Javante, excuse me, Murray's game. Uh, so for me, I would look if he does go from the Spurs to another team, it'll have to be a team where he could be the point guard. That's where he right. starts to see you get 18 points, you know, eight rebounds, eight assists. You need him to be well-rounded. With Trey Young, he's not going to get that opportunity to be a well-rounded player. Yeah. yeah. Where do the Lakers fit in all this? Um, Westbrook accepts the option, $47 million. You know, we're talking about teams in the West, and then there's the Lakers. Like, where, where do they fit in all this? Oh, it's – they still have so much work to do roster-wise to get better, Right. Uh, I know Anthony Davis's injuries, plural, were a big part of last season's failures. But even going into last season, I had my doubts. Like, I projected them, yeah. my preseason uh, podcast, I had the Lakers as a sixth team in the West. I thought they were going to be a disappointment. They were a disappointment yeah. to my projected disappointment. Like, they, that's how bad they were. And you still are depending on Anthony Davis to be your main guy and be the guy that's in his prime that's supposed to carry you when he's yeah. the most injury prone. So yeah. it's something that is like, how do you go forward from here? They shouldn't have, if you want to go back to where the Lakers really messed up, they shouldn't have gotten rid of Caruso, Caruso. KCP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those young guys yeah. they had who played defense, that's yeah. what they're missing. Like, they don't have the yeah. guys, like, when they were successful in the bubble, even the year bubble, they had really good defensive teams. That's why I hated the, fa- mm-hmm. the fact that Frank Vogel got blamed for this. Frank Vogel mm-hmm. had them guys playing defense. And yeah, you bring in right. all these old dudes who can't move their feet no more. And you want to blame the coach as if he can get out there and move his feet for him. He can't do right. that. He can tell you where to go, but you still got to get there. Gotta so get I don't there. like the fact that Frank Vogel was the, the blame guy for that. And I don't, I think they could make the playoffs, especially if LeBron and AD are healthy because those two guys are still AD healthy, still a top 10, 12 guy in the league. LeBron's still top 10. Those two guys, you still have a great shot if they're healthy. But that's the thing. AD, will he be healthy? Can you get 65, 70 games out of Anthony, uh, Anthony Davis? Right. And when he was at yeah. Pelicans, I called him, I called him King Boo Boo. He didn't get like serious injuries. He never tore an ACL, yeah. broke an ankle, broke a leg. He would just get boo-boos and he'll be out for a mm-hmm. game or two. These boo-boos, but those games or two would add up. And next thing you know, he played 50 games, 55 games. Yeah. Like, dang, what what happened? There was all these little knick-knack injuries. That would come along with Anthony Davis. And this past year, they were a little more serious. So is that a sign yeah. of things to come now that those knickknack injuries are turning into bigger, badder injuries for him going into his 30s now? That's a big question mark. So for me, yeah. I think they can make the playoffs. They could be top eight, but I could see them out in the first round for sure. I agree, because my issue, my issue with that team last year. Um, it sounds good to bring all the old people like a wild hogs movie, but they ain't got no <laughs> shooting. They yeah. have no shooting. They have yeah. no no spot up shooters at all. Yeah. And I don't Melo, Melo the best good. shooter. <laughs> right. That's a problem. That's a yeah. problem. Like yeah. he's a great mid-range shooter, but that's the problem. Like that's mm-hmm. your best shooter. That's not that's not who that's not a good spot up, not that's not a great spot up shooting option. Yeah. No, when yeah. you start depending on Austin Reeves as like your guy, it's like, oh yeah. man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Reeves. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's gonna be our dude yeah. right there. When yeah. you start saying that, it's it's problems. It's problems for sure. Mm-hmm. Does Russell yeah. Westbrook rebound? 
I could see him having a better year for sure. Uh, he, because he's still a very, very good player. I don't know if he's great anymore, but he's still a very, very good player when given the opportunity to, to do what he does. Uh, but they got to find a way to hopefully Darvin Ham finds a way to change the rotation to where you could have Russell Westbrook out there with the bench guys and right. he can run the show and be right. Russ. Let him right. run wild, let him be Russ, let him get the yeah, rebound, exactly. go crazy, do what he does. Because he's not a guy who's going to provide spacing. As great as he's been, the one thing he's never provided is space. And what does mm-hmm. LeBron, Anthony Davis, even Melo, what do they need to work? They need space. space so let right. Russ go out there and get some shooters around Russ. Uh, keep Malik Monk, he's a good shooter. Mm-hmm. Keep him around. And you have those guys in the second unit go crazy with Russ. And I think Russ can still be an all-star caliber player. I agree. I yeah. agree 100%. Yeah. And I, I like the hire of um, Darvin Ham, you I know, do. as head coach there. I I, I think he's going to be one of those guys that can, you know, get the respect of that team, particularly LeBron James. I think he'll, you know, respond to him. So, but um, let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to transition for a minute here. Let's, uh, get into the NFL and uh, you're a Saints fan. Um, No doubt, no doubt. So, um, so in in my opinion about the Saints and their off season, I I thought they had a great off season. I know they lost a couple of guys. Um, Obviously Sean Payton's not there no more. Um, As a Ravens fan, we took your safety Marcus Williams uh, from the team. Um, But you guys still have, um, Lattimore still there. You re-signed Jameis Winston. You uh, draft a kid. Um, Crystal Olave. Olave. Yeah. I, I was about to, I was about mm-hmm. to mess up his last name, but <laughs> you, you draft you draft that kid, and um, it it look it looks promising for the Saints. Now there's still Tampa Bay in that NFC South to deal with, but I mean it it seems like y'all got their number in a regular season for some strange reason. But I like I like the Saints moves this offseason what, what's your thoughts i love what we did this offseason uh the only thing that we lost some players you mentioned marcus williams very good safety i think it's gonna be good for your ravens on uh, the biggest loss though was toronto armstead left tackle mm. Mm. yeah pro bowl left tackle that went to miami not mad at him got his money he definitely deserved it and now he might have a rookie there now if that rookie comes in and can play right away you're not expecting him to be a pro bowler all pro guy but be serviceable don't be trash if he comes in right away and he's serviceable, that offensive line is going to be very good. Now, if he's trash, it's going to jumble things up because now you're like, okay, do we move Ryan Ramchek, who's the right tackle? Do we move him to left tackle? Does he have the skill set to play left tackle? Ryan Ramchek's a very good right tackle, one of the best in the league. But mm-hmm. can he play left tackle? That's a whole different skill set. Usually you have your best athlete play left tackle. Right, Ryan Armstead right. yeah, was an amazing is – is, he's an amazing athlete for his size. Like the guy – in the combine ran like a four seven five at that size, which is a, so nuts. Yeah, like, I don't know yeah. if people understand how crazy <laughs> it is for a person that oh. size to run a four seven five. Like Keyshawn exactly. Johnson run. and a four seven five. Like it's right. it's right. absolutely nuts right. for a guy that size to do that. So the left tackle that we drafted, uh, Pitting, is of that same ilk. Very athletic left tackle used to be a tight end. So if he comes in right away and can play, oh, this team is the sky's the limit. But I love the pick of Crystal Olave. Last year, our biggest our biggest downfall last year was not having the weapons, right? Weapons, so yeah. once Alvin Kamara got hurt, it was after James got hurt, Alvin Kamara missed four straight games, and our offense could do nothing. 
yeah. nothing. <laughs> we had <Yeah>. nothing at <laughs> all. <laughs> like there was just no weapons. Like we was putting it together with you know glue and duct tape. Like our offense yeah. was struggling. And now you have Michael Thomas coming back, and people are forgetting how good Michael Thomas is. Like the last mm-hmm. time we saw him for a full season, he broke the record for receptions in a year. Absolutely, like, yeah. People are, are truly forgetting how good Michael Thomas is. So you have Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. Now you have Marquez Callaway being your third guy. You have Deontay Harris, a speedster. Uh, punt returner as being another option out there. Alvin Kamara come out the backfield. The, option, the weapons are there. And Jameis last year, I think, took a step forward. Had 14 touchdowns, only three interceptions before he got mm-hmm. hurt. Yep. Five and two as a starter. He took a big step forward. So now you add those weapons with him not making those same mistakes. And that defense is still very good. Well, we replaced uh, Marcus Williams with Marcus May from the Jets, who's a very good safety. Of mm. course, a lot of people don't know about him because he played for the Jets. Uh, but, right. he's, he's, but he's he's very yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, you, you add Tyron Matthew, you got him coming back home to New Orleans. I think he still has some left in the tank as well. Absolutely. Yeah, with well, Lattimore being one of the best cornerbacks, that front four is still very, very good. The linebacking core, it's the team. I'm very excited. I guess you could tell with me rambling. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about, <laughs> about my Ooh. And I'm mad. And I'm mad at y'all because y'all picked up Jarvis Landry. Landry. Yeah, y'all picked up Jarvis Landry when he was sitting out there. It felt like for about two months, and I'm like, "Yo, Ravens, y'all need to go get this guy because you know the Browns cut him and all that." And he goes to the Saints, and you know, again, happy for Jameis, but I I was so mad that the the Ravens didn't make that move. That's the crazy part. I mentioned all those weapons and didn't even mention Jarvis Landry. Like, the offense is going to be crazy this year. Yeah, uh, Jameis definitely gets his chance to prove that he's a starting quarterback again. Mm-hmm. And he's right. still young. He's only 27. So, if he proves it this yeah. year, he'll get that long-term deal. He'll be the Saints guy for the future. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very excited about the Saints this year. Now, um, Alvin Kamara had a off-the-field incident a while ago. And I've heard some things that the league could possibly throw a four-game, six-game suspension at him. Um, you, you've heard any, anything like that? I haven't heard anything about it. And that's a little scary. I haven't heard anything about it because it seems like that's when the news comes out of nowhere at you. When you right. haven't heard, <laughs> heard anything yeah. about it. When um, the news broke, it was kind of quiet. Like we, we all know, like he, he got arrested, like he turned himself in for, uh, I don't, I don't know what the charge was, but it was really like low key. Like he turned himself yeah. in and then that was it. Like that's all we heard about the situation. Yeah. And the fact that he did turn himself in, is a good sign that he was like, okay, you know, I'm that's not something I'm not tripping about. Incident happened in the club. From the rumors of it, he got in a fight, you know, his girl and somebody was disrespecting her or something like that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's no big deal. Hopefully, because we had we've had incidents before where they took the whole year. They've been taking a lot longer looking over these things to make sure they dealt the right punishment. That's why the right. Sean Watson thing is taking so long. Because they've been making sure that okay, we're gonna have all the facts. I think what really changed is people kind of slept on his punishment a couple of years ago when Ezekiel Elliott got suspended for six games. Yep. Mm. I think that changed things because the evidence there was lacking majorly. Like there was mm, nothing right. there for them to suspend this guy. But it was just like, oh, somebody said he did something wrong. Somebody said, him. right. Yeah. And it was like, really? Like, it felt like you got to really go through the process before we just start dealing out punishments. So I think it might be a process that takes long. You might not hear about it till next year because uh, last year, Deontay Harris, our punt returner, had an incident with a, a drunk driving incident, which didn't get punished until the next season. So mm. I think the same thing might happen with Alvin Kamara. They're taking longer now to make sure they get these things right, or at least as right mm. as they can. 
Yeah, that that sounds crazy to me. I I, I get it, and because I, I like Deion, I actually like Deontay Harris. I saw him. I, I forget one day I saw about one game I saw him about two years ago, and uh, and I was like, this dude is really fast, like like crazy on the fast. field fast. Yeah, <laughs> like he's like with this. So yeah, like so that's why he was on my radar. Um, but I hadn't even heard nothing about the drunk driving incident. But the fact that they are going to I don't like like I get that you want to get it right, but don't take too long. We didn't forget about the crime, like we didn't move on, and then you didn't next yeah. year you gonna tell me about some stuff that happened two years ago, bro? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I, I get trying to meeting. get it right. Yeah, it, there has to be a happy medium. Exactly, that's exactly yeah. what I'm trying to say. Um, so the Saints, man, I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, I got y'all winning that division this year. Um, that that that's how I feel about it. Um, Gronk ain't coming back. Um, Tom Brady, look, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Let, let me just say that. Yeah. The weapons on the Saints are going to, the, the, it's the weapons for me. Like, if Kamara's healthy, if if you're telling me is going to come in and, and contribute, Michael Thomas is healthy, Jarvis Landry is a dog. He's a dog. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, the defense is there. Like, I, I, I me, I think y'all going to win a division. Uh, how you feeling about it? I definitely can see that for sure. I think I can see Tampa Bay taking a step back. Uh, people are sleeping on the loss of Gronk. I think it's going to affect their running game more than their passing yeah. game, honestly. Yeah. Because with Gronk, at this stage of his career, that's what he was mostly used for. Like, he would catch some big-time catches here now, but his big thing was helping out in that run game, being such a good blocker. And Cameron Brake, I like him as a tight end, but he's not Gronk as a blocker. Not a good blocker, Right, yeah. so in the running game – Tom Brady, even though he's still good, you need that running game. You need that threat of the play action for him to be successful. That's gone. You just see where the Saints are able to be successful against him is that we're able to guard their people man to man. And every, everything is real tight, real close. So teams yeah. that can do that are going to have success against Tampa Bay. And I can see more teams doing that and having more success this year with the loss of some of the weapons that they lost this year. And also, in respect to Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, I think one of the other bigger losses is Coach Bruce Arians. And, you know, again, I think Leftwich does a great job with being the offensive coordinator and all that. But Bruce Arians has this history of, you know, being that, you know, being in the quarterback's ear, you know, with the play calling and all that good stuff. And you lose him, and now Todd Bowles is your head coach now. I appreciate the fact that um, Bruce Arians left that open for him. We we need more black coaches in the league, God knows. But I, I think that's something to watch when you watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Yeah, for sure. And you're going to see with Byron Leftwich how much of the play calling was influenced by Bruce Arians. Does he try to – make his own blueprint and call some more things that are going to be of his ilk or mm-hmm. is it, was it already in place for him to do that? Uh, but like you said, I definitely respect Bruce Arians for making sure that a, a black man got that job when he left. Facts. Uh, and we definitely need more of that. Like the, the NFL needs to learn from the NBA. Like the NBA would have to coach as a black, not NBA. Yep. So I think the, the NFL definitely needs to learn from that. Because you got 75, 80% of the players being black and right. only, you know, less than 20% of the coaches 
Man. Black. It doesn't, it doesn't three and a half. I think three and a half coaches are black, man. Yeah. Man, yeah the math ain't math. <laughs> math ain't math. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> Hey, man, um, b- before we uh, send you up out of here, man, I, I want to know, uh, with you being the biggest Saint fan, um, give me your top five Saints players of all time. Oh, top five Saints players of all time. So, of course, number one, Drew Brees. He's got to be number mm. one. He changed okay. the whole outlook of the franchise. I've said for a long time now, like, the statue outside of the Superdome should be Sean Payton and Drew Brees together reading a play sheet. Because those yeah. two guys together changed the whole outlook of the franchise and what you thought of the Saints. Like pre, a lot of young people don't understand, pre-Drew Brees and Sean Payton, it wasn't the proudest moment to be a Saints fan. It's a poverty yeah. fran- it was a poverty franchise. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for I mean, sure. they, had that, they had that one little cook-up moment with uh, Aaron Brooks and, and Deuce. They yeah, had that we, one little we, cook-up yeah. moment. We had mm-hmm. our, our, first, our first playoff win came in 2000, and we was here from the 60s. So the fact that it took that long—that's <laughs> that's wild, man. Yeah, to get uh, that's that's wild. Out. I mean, I mean, you got the Lions, so I mean, it can't be that that yeah, wild. True. But yeah, yeah. So Drew Brees definitely has number one spot for sure. Uh, number two, I'm gonna go with a personal favorite of mine, Joe Horn, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. who was an absolute monster in his time with the Saints. And you gotta love the fact that his phone celebration goes yeah. down in history is one of the best of all time. Yes. And his, yeah. he's underrated. When you look, go back and look at Joe Horn's stats, a lot of 1,500, 1,600-yard seasons uh, mm-hmm. on his resume right there. You're like, oh, Joe Horn really was putting in some work. Yeah, he was putting yeah, in work with, like, Aaron sure. Brooks. And like, so yeah, with some quarterbacks sure. that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily put, you know, top 10. I like Aaron yeah, Brooks, yeah. but, you know, yeah. he, he that's who he was doing it with. Exactly. Exactly. So you, I have to get on at number five. Uh, number three... I'm gonna go Willie uh, of all time. It's a shame that he played with us during a time where we didn't have the best results. So a lot of people forget about his name. Hall of Famer just absolutely killed the game at number three. Uh, at number four, hmm. at number four, I'm gonna go with just thinking about our history, man. I'm gonna go with Deuce McAllister. I'm about to say you got to put Deuce on there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, he's he's second all time now in rushing. I think Mark Ingram passed him last year. Uh, but second all time in rushing yards in Saints history. Uh, you look at some of the years he had: sixteen hundred yards rushing, fifteen hundred yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jim Haslett ran his knees into the ground. Uh, if he yeah. would have had somebody else as coach, that wasn't just first down run, second down run, third and four shorter run. If it was somebody else who was mm-hmm. doing more of a balanced attack at that time, he would have lasted longer. But Deuce is a monster. Still here, Chris Berman. The Deuce is Luce McAllister anytime he'll break down the field. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah. he was he was a big dude, 6'2, 220. Yeah, six, two, uh, yeah. yeah and yeah. was able to run like he was able to run. So I'll put Deuce at number four. And then at number five, I feel like I have to put, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna put the linebacking core from the Dome Patrol from those days. Okay. I'm going to put them at number five. It was before my time, but I feel like I had to pay respect to those guys because they, like, those years, we didn't have any offense those years. Like, that's yeah. one of the reasons we didn't have a playoff game until 2000. You're talking about Ricky Jackson and um, um, uh, the other guy. I'm forgetting. I'm, I'm talking forgetting about the other outside. Uh, so, yeah, you had Ricky Jackson. You had uh, Jones as well. Rest in peace to him, Sam Jones. Yes. Uh, so you Sam had, Jones' guy. 
Yeah. So you had that linebacker, of course, four linebackers that just dominated for yeah. years and years there uh, with Jim Moore as the coach back in the day before he was known for playoffs, before he was known for that. Yeah, right. He was, he was right. he had the Saints there. <laughs> we was we was making the playoffs but not winning at that time. Uh, we would fall short because we didn't have any, you know, offense at that time. So my top five, Drew Brees, Joe Horn, Willie Rofe, Deuce McAllister, and then for the fifth, I'm a cheat and go with the linebacking core from the Dome Patrol days. Mm, right. That's what's up. I, I like that. I like that. I mean, I I, I would have liked Dalton Hilliard to slide in there, but I ain't mad. I, I ain't mad at that. <laughs> Dalton Hilliard, he, just because I like Dalton Hilliard, though, not because he was, like, crazy. But he was nice, though. Dalton no, Hilliard was. was nice. Yeah. He was nice, for sure. Yeah, I would have, um, for me, and again, you know, from, a, from afar, um, Aaron Brooks, I thought for a while throughout his career was underrated. Like, I mean, he was one of those like close to being an Iron Man kind of of a guy. Like he started all the games, you know, for like a six, seven year stretch, you know, with the Saints before, you know, he went on to play with the Raiders and stuff. So for me, just kind of looking on the outside, looking in, I would probably have him in my top five, you know, Saints of all time. Um, The Willie Rofe, um, pick I I kind of like that I, I forgot all yeah, about I love him. that one I really, yeah I, I, I like that that one I, that that one kind of went off my radar a little bit um I, I ain't gonna lie I, I I thought about Reggie Bush for a minute there just because he came in the same year as Breeze and Peyton and you talked about them resurrecting the franchise and I I've always thought that Reggie Bush was a part of that mm-hmm. um I. <laughs> He didn't stay. He was long. a lot of hype. He was a lot of hype too, man. Like he like, was. He was. Yeah, he was a lot I of hype. He was. He he was who he was in USC. Don't get that twisted. Yeah. But when he came mm-hmm. to the league, we we just was hype, waiting for him to figure it out, and he never really figured it out the way that we thought he was going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Man, when I tell you, I thought we had the next coming of Barry Sanders. Like I right. thought, <laughs> right. like I thought for sure we had the next great one with Reggie Bush. I was like, "What? We getting Reggie?" Because if you remember that draft the night before, Houston announced they was going to take Mario Williams. So yes. I was like, "Oh snap!" Because I thought for sure they was going to take Reggie Bush. So mm-hmm. when they announced they was, I was, I went crazy. I'm like, "We getting Reggie? What?" Like mm-hmm. I went absolutely nuts. And like you said, he had impact. His impact was more of putting eyes on the saints everybody right. was like let me see what reggie does let me see what he does and then yeah the next thing you know we took off that first year with him but his impact was minimal he was more of a punt returner kick returner he has some definitely mm-hmm. had some nice highlights with us for sure right in that super bowl year he had more of a role it's like the second third running back behind pierre thomas that's another one people forget about pierre thomas was really good pierre thomas yeah yeah, yeah. and but reggie was more of the this franchise we have to put eyes on them prime time mm-hmm. games Things like that. He had that type of impact. Right, right. I thought he would no never doubt. have a hundred yard game. I swear. I was just like, geez, <laughs> please, this dude. Like, they never figured it out, man. They never it was, figured it out. It was it was weird because he kind of did the same thing Ricky Williams did. Ricky Williams came to us and we had the whole crazy draft where we traded all our picks to Washington to get Ricky Williams and he never really took yeah. off with us. Went to Miami and went nuts. And went nuts. Yeah. Right. Went crazy. crazy. Went crazy, yeah. yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen with Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush went to Miami. I was like, oh, it's history going to repeat itself. Yeah. So we're going to go there <laughs> and just yeah. go crazy. Uh-huh. He, but he, he was well. – he, he didn't go Ricky Williams crazy, though. He was so yeah. dangerous out the backfield, though. Like, you, yeah. you get him out in space, 
that that dude was a monster. Oh, he was for sure. And like yeah. one of the plays I remember, uh, NFC Championship game we're playing against Chicago. And he got out in space, and it was just him and Brian Urlacher. And when he, I tell you, it was two steps, and he was six yards past Brian Urlacher for, mm-hmm. and it was marching into the end zone for a touchdown. Okay, this is what we could do with him. I see yeah, the right. potential there, but right. unfortunately, we just never got the fullness of Reggie Bush with the Saints. What yeah. do you think? What do you think it was? He, uh, I don't know. I, maybe at that time he just didn't know how to use him correctly. Because you still think about that time you wanted the workhorse running back, right? The Adrian Petersons mm-hmm. of the world, the mm-hmm. Frank Moores of the world. Those guys were the ones that you wanted. And with him, he could run between the tackles, but you wanted him more in space. Swing routes, yeah. sweeps, you know, yeah. have him out of space. The way we use Alvin Kamara now, we probably should use Reggie Bush back then. Right, right. And I think, and I think right. he would have had a better career with us. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, because, yeah, that was, yeah. Look, I I don't want to say let, well, letdown is actually the appropriate word. Like, it was a letdown. It was was straight out a letdown. Like, I mean, career-wise, I hate to be that guy, but, like, it was a letdown. Mm -hmm. Like, he was supposed to, like. I thought it was Barry Sanders. When I tell you, I was like, we got the next Barry. We about to go off. Like He was supposed to be that Hall of Famer, Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and and just and just so I'm clear, Reggie Bush is not a Hall of Famer. If I think I, I think yeah, I think we're all clear. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I just I just want to be sure. I just want to be sure. He had Hall of Fame talent. Yeah, for sure. He did, he, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Live up to that. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they and yeah. then they took and then they and then they took what it, what he did in USC. Like Jesus Louise. Yeah. That's the, mm. that's the rough part. They're going to try to act like we didn't see that. No, we saw this man right. out there. Yeah, we still saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. Still saw yeah. It. Like, why are you trying to race history? Yeah. Yeah. Man, <laughs> for real. Hey, man, hey. Plug, uh, plug your uh, your shows for us one more time, man. Oh, man. Thank you guys again for having me. This was a lot of fun. I definitely got to get you guys on my podcast for sure. Love just talking sports with people who know their stuff and have interesting perspectives. You guys definitely have that for sure. Uh, so my podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. So if you're going to look for it on any podcast platform, it will be there. Put the full thing, like a pimp named Slickback. Put The Real yeah. Deal with Damian Adams. You'll definitely find it on that podcast. I talk football, basketball, and boxing. And you'll get a little bit of everything. You'll get some laughs. You'll definitely get some deep moments. You'll have just me and my crazy takes and the way my mind goes. So you'll definitely be entertained. If you subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams on any podcast platform, the other show I do is called The Third and Three Podcast. We do that one live every Wednesday night on Facebook at 7 p.m. Eastern time. If you can't catch it live, it is available on all podcast platforms as well. I do that one with Jason Fearman and Nikki Jess, two great football minds. The base of that show is the NFL, but it can go everywhere. We literally talk about everything, but the base is the NFL. And right now it's ramping up. We're going to start division previews pretty soon. Next thing you know, we're going to be out there, you know, complaining about how boring the preseason is. It's coming coming (laughs) very, very soon. So please go ahead and subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams and The Third and Three Podcast. If that's too much to remember, just follow me on social media and you'll catch it. So follow me at The Real Deal, W-D-A. That's on all social media platforms. I'm everywhere. Like uh, Maestro mentioned earlier, I'm putting in work. You're going to see my videos on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter. You'll see reactions to different things. You'll see articles that I'm putting out. And uh, mission talking about articles, I will be writing for the threepointconversion.com. Uh, that's who I'm covering the Phoenix Mercury for. So any WNBA work will be there. 
Uh, any other articles will be on thirdand3podcast.com. So I know I threw a lot at you. So just follow me at the real deal WDA. You'll catch all my work there. That's what's that's up, man. Uh, that's dope. And Damien, this was great, man. Uh, glad to, you know, yeah. have you on the platform here, man. This this was this was dope, bro. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, man. We're going to be looking forward to what you got coming up next, man. And again, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch you out there soon, man. We definitely got to do yeah, this Yeah, man. We, we, and we got, we got to talk about Javante Davis next time, man. <laughs> definitely and you want to have yeah. some boxing talk man just bring me on man i'm always ready to talk some boxing bro that's what's up that's what's up <laughs> no all doubt right, no doubt all right man you too all right. I yeah, say, that's, the, that's the that's the homie right there uh damian adams make sure y'all follow him on twitter um he's got the real deal with damian adams uh that's his main podcast he's also got the third and three podcast as a co-host so um y'all y'all check that brother out man he's got some you know dope things coming up um just a quick shout out in the facebook live chat uh we got bs3 uh appreciate you uh joining the chat and all that good stuff man um you know before i close out man i just want to make sure uh you ain't got nothing else to you know rap about something that happened you know free britney griner yeah yeah, I, I I think that's a good way to close this out. Uh, hashtag free Britney Griner. Let let's let's keep the hashtag going on that point. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat. Appreciate everybody watching us on Facebook Live, Twitter Live, and YouTube Live. Uh, y'all want to catch this on demand? Y'all can go to our social media platforms: um, Google, Apple, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the podcast platforms that's out there we're on it uh make sure y'all follow us on our social media don't forget the facebook page the youtube channel make sure you subscribe to that uh we're on instagram at barbershop sports talk podcast also you can find us on twitter at barbershop s-p-o-r-2 and if you got questions or comments about the show just hit us up on the email at barbershop sports talk one at gmail.com so um that's it for the show uh, Maestro, if you got nothing else, man, uh, glad to have you back. Absolutely. And I'm uh, back, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, next week is huge, so y'all, y'all stay tuned for that. Um, y'all have a good week out there. Peace, one love. Good night, folks. Peace.